Hello! You're listening to a vignette for liberty in many directions on Substack, also for the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Welcome! First, let me say that this is a kind of a red letter day. We've had a major news breakthrough that that the, the CIA is responsible for the cover up of the COVID-19 origins of the virus with the hand of help from the NIH's uh, official Tony Fauci. So now that that's cleared out of the gate, because uh, that's a huge thing. It's it's big, giant news, and they'll be unpacking it all week. Okay, so now would be a fine time to tell you the news that uh, Congress has discovered that Hunter Biden received payments from China wired to his father's address. His father is Joe Biden, the current president of the United States. And who found this out? The House Oversight Committee. Okay, so quote, in 2020, uh uh-oh, something went wrong, and my news script just blanked out. Let's try this again. Let's just load this up. Come on, play fair, computer. Are we putting the, are we putting the, the negative shine on your, on your maker? Did... Did the internal chips finally recognize that this is anti-China? Come on. Come on. Play fair, Lenovo. Let's do this. No, you're not supposed to say any bad about China. I'm from there. I was made there. Meh. Oh, come on. Come on. Ugh. Sucks. Okay. I'll just read it on another device. <laughs> I should turn comments on. Yeah. Anyone can comment on this post now on LinkedIn. Okay. So Hunter Biden received payments from China wired to father's address. House Oversight Committee. Quote, in 2020, Joe Biden told Americans that his family never received money from China. We've already proved that to be a lie. And so House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman Representative James Comer of Kentucky subpoenaed and obtained two bank wires revealing that Hunter Biden had received payments from Chinese nationals who were sent to his father, Joe Biden, who was then running for president. The wire transfers upwards of 250000 were made in July and August 2019 from Beijing and listed the president's Wilmington, Delaware home as the beneficiary address in both cases. That's a smoking gun. Uh, Quote, in 2020, Joe Biden told Americans that his family never received any money from China. We've already proven that to be a lie earlier this year, and now we know that two wires originating from Beijing listed Joe Biden's Wilmington home as the beneficiary address when he was running for president of the United States, said Mr. Comer in a statement released on X. Both wires were sent to Hunter Biden 
from a Jonathan Lee, a Chinese national and CEO of the investment fund BHR. When Joe Biden was vice president, he spoke on the phone and had coffee with Jonathan Lee in Beijing and later wrote a college letter of recommendation for his children, Mr. Comer stated. The New York Post found that soon after leaving his post in the Obama administration, the former vice president had written college recommendation letters for Mr. Lee's son and daughter. Emails obtained by Fox News revealed that Mr. Lee had reached out to Hunter Biden and his business partners in 2017 asking for advice for his son, who was applying to Brown University, Cornell, and NYU, and then-president of Rosemont Seneca, had FedEx Mr. Lee's son resume directly to the president of Brown. Despite the connections, he was not accepted by the school. The New Yorker had, in 2019, reported that Mr. Biden introduced Mr. Lee to his father in 2013 when the vice president took the trip to China, and that Rosemont Seneca, the company Hunter Biden worked for, had signed a deal with Mr. Lee to create BHR. President Biden <clears throat> had repeatedly denied that he discussed business matters with his son and declined to comment on the investigation and indictment of Hunter Biden, instead referring reporters to the Department of Justice. So this was reported today at Epoch Times, authored by Catherine Yang. Good reporting there. So I wanted to indicate that also Mike Lindell has become the latest casualty of the season uh, for cancel, arbitrary cancel culture. You know, they're calling it cancel culture, but I think at this point it's just straight up sanctions because it was the bank card company that cut him. He had a hundred million in supply chain sales that just got cut off. Now, he wasn't given any type of explanation or um, excuse. So this is very similar to other things that have been happening in the marketplace. So what? here's what I'm going to tell you. <clears throat> I think there's an anarcho-communist masterclass, not as in they are our masters, but there is a class of professionals that are going through the motions of being trained in these, um, these meetings, these DEI meetings, these they're radicalizing the PMC, which is the professional managerial class. Now, a lot of these people don't want to be radicalized. They're forced into these meetings, and, and some of them are just going for it. They're like, yeah, whole hog. It'll get me ahead. Uh, we can continue to do business. And they're kind of seared off in the conscious area, so they don't really care. Uh, other people are like, time out. This is... This is really not what I signed up for. This is a job. This isn't really a lifestyle. And they're not allied automatically with communist cause because they decided to work for Citibank or for um, a huge credit conglomerate that processes a lot of data or um, <clears throat> any, any number of derivative companies under the hood of Amazon Web Services. So the CIA is being pointed at as one of these agencies with strong indicators that they're kind of receiving quite a bit of kickback from the engagement 
and the architecture of, of data trade so that it can be a total information exchange. So what I wanted to tell you earlier this week that I'm finding my, my fine-tuned grasp over is that it's up to the designers of at Rancor think tanks and CIA think tanks, also known as cutouts, um, that the, they are the ones who are looking for the totalitarian systems that, you know, dragnet as many people as possible to get them into a global um, contortion, you know, that, that goes against their, their humanity. And they've earned that reputation over a series of, of actions and involuntary, you know, the, the American people don't go for this. Like, they, when you walk in the door and you explain it to them uh, on the face, they, they say, no, thank you, walk away. I walk away from this table. This is not for me. Uh, it's, it goes against our constitutional rights, but I think that people have made a lot of excuses for the CIA and a lot more excuses for the national security state because of the things that have happened. So I want you to know this is not 100% China's fault. I need to say that on, on the peak of truth and, and fairness but there is a select committee on the CCP and they can they can request documentation to to clear out what is United States and what is CCP other other foreign affairs officials that you may consult are chairman Michael McCall of the House Committee on Foreign Affairs on China's task force. And try that. <clears throat> so there's Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. And then ranking member, Democrat Party, is Raja Krishnamurti. And, and they're both very smart people. And they've been quite reliable on reporting their findings. They released a task force report um, through the House... Not this particular committee, but Michael McCall's committee released a task force report. Um, most of these people are working to unearth these these reports. And they have help from James Comer. And they also have help from coordinating help from Jim Jordan's committee on weaponization. They all are kind of on the pin board to add public service on this issue because the American public is getting dragged so badly um, that they need they need help from you. Uh, so I urge you strongly, uh, if you have comments, if you have thoughts, if you have um, if you have ideas or questions, call these these uh, these representatives in the Congress and ask them about what you've seen today. Also, contact your your congressman, U.S. congressman in, in your, your district. I don't know where it is, but in my case, it would be um, Lloyd Doggett because I'm in Austin. And I would, uh, I would still call Chip Roy because I call him about everything. And <laughs> 
Chip Roy, Matt Gates, then I call Lloyd Duggett. <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. <laughs> so, um, so that's what I wanted to share with you is that this is not fair play. This is not good what has been happening. But I want you to know you don't have to really put up with it. Um, so so I, I wanted to add this this quick PSA for self-advocacy uh, because I, I see a flaming ball of uh, autocratic insidiousy just going down, down, down like a like a flaming pile of crap. It's just going to and it's gonna land and it's gonna land hard and splatter and it's it's not gonna be a good scene, but it will be over soon. And I don't think the American people are really down for any of this, especially if they had somebody die, especially if somebody forced a vaccination regime on them or regimen on them. Perhaps their children got injured. Perhaps they lost a job. Perhaps they were castigated unnecessarily, you know, from day to day with this arbitrary rules making madness. And then there is this other edge. So let me get back to this professional managerial class. You know, they're also losing the front there. So in New York, they passed a law that said that you don't have to comply with captive audience meetings. And that's typically union meetings. Now, there are many trades in the New York area that have been unionized. And typically that is cited as means of the working class and communitarian and socialist circles. And so they they harp on that. Uh, But in these meetings, they will use them and have been using them as, as indoctrination sessions. So if they cite union cause and then get you in the door for, say, DEI policy, and then you end up in a struggle shaming session, like maybe you're too intersectional for them, you know, you're too white for some guy and not, not dark enough and minority enough for the other, then you're going to get struggle shamed anyway. And so you might end up with the, somebody and, and they might demand that you say mean things to a white person when you ordinarily, this is so unprofessional, but I, I've seen things like this happen. You know, they have to say self-deprecating things in public, apologize for their quote-unquote whiteness, which is how they came out of their mother. No control in that situation. Just like someone comes out, you know, dark brown or black, you know, they don't have any control. That's how God made them. And so what happens in the culture after that? is not really their fault. and But you can't say that in a unionized, socialized, uh, centralized system that's making accommodations for assimilation with Chinese credit system. Okay? Let's just break it down. It all goes back to the Chinese credit system. And if they can get more money for data or something else... And keep that supply chain going. You know, they tied themselves into 
to broken pretzel knots to do it. Uh, and, and a lot of them are just sick of it. So they're just walking away. And there's a lot of reasonableness that has come from this. Uh, they started making unnecessary concessions to, to the corporate elite. And now the corporate elite are on their back foot, as is being seen and witnessed in, in reports. There's a decoupling. Uh, people won't come back to work because the uh, requirements are too strident. And <clears throat> it, it is in some cases not even worth it. So, if you can't self-determine your own medical status... You can't say no to medical ingredients you know are going to upset the apple cart with you medically because of how you're built. Uh, or you've seen bad things happen to other people in your family that have the same gene system you do. Uh, then it's not probably going to go your way. Why would you throw yourself in front of that bus? Because no one's covering you. I mean, the government's not going to remediate you if you're injured anymore because they stopped taking VAERS data for, for vaccine injury. They're not prepared to, to pay out. They're not prepared to recognize the injured. And they fought the injured all the way. I heard a story about a woman here in Texas at the RFK Junior event that I attended on, on Sunday. And, or was it Saturday? It was this weekend, this past weekend. So I was there at the event and she was standing ahead of me in line and she said that she was at the same location for the um, Plandemic documentary, which I have not seen. Um, but both of her children were already vaccine injured uh, from the thrust of multiple vaccines being performed at the same time. And that's what she attributed to cause. Both of her children are vaccine injured as a result. And her husband refused vaccination or mandatory vaccination at his job. He filed a complaint with the state of Texas. Texas took action. And now they have paid him out in the form of a settlement. That is what happened in Texas. So I was like, how did that turn around so quick? That turned around so quickly because she was in Texas. <clears throat> so they had structure built in that so supported people coming forward and saying, if they force you to vaccinate to work, you call us. They can't do that. We're, we're the state of Texas. We make sure they don't do that. So I can stand here and tell you that that's true. Also, <clears throat> I have since Saturday, since Saturday's broadcast, uh, kind of reached out and indicated to Mr. Rusty Rockets online that, you know, there's an open door here for, for the deplatformed. Now, I still I need to make a distinction here. A couple shows ago, I said, you know, maybe being deplatformed isn't that bad. You know, of course, but that's a decision I make for me, for myself. Um, <clears throat> if the lion's share of my income came from, from what I do online... I think I would have a different perspective, you know, and I certainly don't want to be in a position to make that that move for someone else based on their level of responsibilities. I only want to say that if you 
are being forced into using the internet more than you intend to uh, because of this professional obligation. Let's say say you're on Slack and like 15 other programs and um, they they don't know how to get out of your life. Uh, I would say, number one, you know, get a a company device, you know, invest in a device that is for the company that you can put in a copper sack and throw it in the closet at the end of the day so it doesn't watch you when you're off if you're working from home. You know, because whatever you do on the clock belongs to them. So, you know, you, you don't mix your your metals there. <laughs> you, you keep your phone with your personal information or your, your tablet or whatever. You keep that separate from whatever you have to look at online at, at, at work. And hopefully you're not just scrolling on your phone at work and you're, you're staying focused on your job. This is all presumption, best case scenario. So you keep your devices separate, um, but if they insist on having your personal phone, we get a personal phone that is for work. <laughs> Here's your personal phone. You know, I'll have this for you. You know, I just don't want it to be the same device. So you want to separate um, what is done on your device because some of these apps will reach for more information from what's inside your phone or what's inside your tablet or whatever network device that you have and report back to the work site, whether you like it or not. So again, <clears throat> you want to put that in a blackout bag when you clock out, presuming you're hourly, but I don't, I don't think you are. People who are PMCs are not hourly, they're lifestyle professionals, so they can still slide that into a blackout bag, throw it in the, the file drawer, and go, go play tennis or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so, so the professional, sorry, professional managerial class, PMCs, this is a new term for me, it's, it's clumsy coming out of, coming out of the mouth. But I learned it on Substack from from the public publication, and I, I'm just kind of kind of seeing about it because I, I noticed and watched it in Seattle for a long, long time that that these are real meetings. They're forced into these cosseted, unionized environments, and they're told they have to sit there and become indoctrinated on on any variety of subjects for over an hour, boring compliance meetings. Uh, they're, they've got a sash of compliance, but what they are is they're indoctrination meetings and they're finding their, their voice. They're beginning to speak up for themselves that this is not a whole, whole voluntary process. They have been threatened with the edge and the end of their employment, uh, for not going to these captive audience meetings. So in New York, they won the right to leave. So it's possible if you're being threatened with similar scenarios, situations in like Illinois or um, any state that has a, a tough union presence um, where you've been required over time to spend an enormous amount of time in these indoctrination meetings uh, that feel more socialist politic than they do uh, like anything having to do that resembles your job, um, then 
I, I urge you to, to look up this, this uh, employment and labor law in New York. Uh, because they, can, they are no longer forced to do this. Um, others are suffering with evidentiary fights for acad- academic recognition of their medical or te- technical research findings. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about what might be going on. Now, Robert Malone, he ran into strong trouble because his research was thrown in the garbage. He designed the COVID-19, the original COVID-19 vaccine and the science behind it. And he couldn't, he was disallowed from correcting it uh, based on scientism. And scientism is a form of autocratic science that uh, is kind of, theoretical and based in um, materialism, but also its ethics are subjective and arbitrary, and it's rooted in a, in, uh, in a governance practice called scientific socialism. Now, scientism and materialism, I could see on their face, like, describe the situation but scientific socialism embraces all of those concepts and then presents you with the consequence of socialist government or socialized systemic governance, centralized government with arbitrary rules, which is what we dealt with. So because this happened and the way that it happened, I'm pretty sure that what we dealt with was scientific socialism there was i mean and it's just kind of a it's like a little rabbit turd trails you can just follow it all the way to to where it comes from and and you have to know we don't have to do this anymore we really we really don't um but when you say i'm this is not the form of my government uh, they have nowhere to go by the way this is not the form of my government I don't believe this. I don't consent to this. This is not my government. They have nowhere to go. And if they are trying to control uh, the bids for academic research based on a thin, um, a thinly veiled socialist threat or architecture for continued bids. You know, you know this. This is all hidden, hidden work with gain of function done, done and undone by Anthony Fauci. He wanted to absolutely control the market for viral work, and it, it unfortunately, this is a person that I think could have had an HIV vaccine in the nineties, but wouldn't wouldn't allow it or wouldn't make make place for it because of the absolutely uh his values are not scored towards benefiting the most amount of people based on scientific outcomes like he wouldn't bring the medicine to make the person well based on those things. It had to be something else if he had the power to do so. Because that's exactly what he did with the COVID-19 
vaccination process. It was just amplified in a short, concerted amount of time. But how many other vaccination um, regimens or or research projects has he done like this his entire career? It does make you wonder. He's not... Good people don't deny medicine based on ulterior, selfish, self-interested motives. Um, but Big Pharma has become legendary for this. And it's not exceptionally uncommon at the, at the top. There's a fair amount of, you know, narcissism and sociopathy kind of working hand in hand to try to get the research done. I don't know why people of bad character get promoted. It's probably because they... They lie a lot and they don't feel anything to be to be so deceptive. Um, that is a spiritual question. It's also a mental health question. But but I digress. We dealt with scientific socialism, which is arbitrary government, and uh, it just is kind of all the pegs are put together to where you have more of a whole picture of of what happened to us. The audit is in. And this is it. Um, Others have uh, filed civil rights complaints that they were being violated for compelled participation in DEI corporate adopted theory. And uh, so that's what this is. And let's just draw the lines. If you're an NQTEL funded tech company... And they've got you on a battery of these indoctrination sessions that are DEI in nature so that, that the corporate credit is pure enough to appease the CCP. Well, that's, that's parallel government where you have no advocacy and no advocate and no representation in that system. And they yet they are attempting to govern both against your rights and over you without any type of due, due consent or process. So they want to limit, they want the, the highest amount of power inversion. They, they want to extort you for the limits of your employment conditions. Okay. So this is this is all going back to the to the extortion coming from major wheels of invest investment sector, you know the real estate and investment sector, yeah, for U.S. credit, and the creditors and publishers lot, uh, drop these long time prosperous clients clients have that have been nothing but economically productive, they've paid their bills on time. They, they've done right by the by the client maybe some of them are, are a little less pure but they've done they've they've gotten prosperous yields from doing business together their lines of credit are, are good and um, and they just get dropped with no notification and no explanation now in media what that looked like was Tucker Carlson getting fired okay in business it looks like Mike Lindell uh, who my pillow and the my pillow line of home textile goods getting uh, dropped by the creditor for in in the middle of a hundred million dollar exchange process. Now I didn't know that Mike Lindell was moving that that much money, but you know I'm really happy for him that he's really prosperous. 
<laughs> and he's moving moving a lot of pillows <laughs> and home goods you know that's that you know I clap for him that's great uh, but I think that re- strongly resembles a, a sanction when it's just credit and there's no reputational you know applique applied he's presuming it's January 6th that's what he's saying. But we don't know because there's been no correspondence. They, they just drop all, all accountability. They don't say anything. It's just inscrutable silence and economic deprivation that comes out of nowhere. No fingerprints. So we're thinking this is an economic hit job that, that might be sanctioned by the United States government. But where? Where? Where would it be coming from? You know, it would be coming from an agency that has enormous potential for propaganda and information warfare. It would have the enormous um, potential to, to be doing also to be reliant on Chinese systems for what they need. So they will pick their examples based on that you know it could be, it could be somebody like the FBI uh, who has recently weaponized um, weaponized sanctions you know they, what they'll do is they will they will cut off somebody maybe maybe Department of Treasury I don't really know where it exactly is coming from because the creditor is not being transparent at all with Mike Lindell at this point of course I'm hoping in the next day or so this will come forward and 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 we'll be able to face our accusers but i think in the best case scenario mike lindell needs to go get a a sixth amendment case i need to face my accuser and someone has backed out or or fallen down in bad faith bad faith they did not say or state their case they didn't they didn't because it could be something like there was a massive uh, attack on their cyber and information security systems and they weren't able to. Well, that's unfair practice. Um, maybe they weren't able to make their their uh, obligations under extreme duress or, or extortion. That's also unfair, but it, there's an air of deception about it. I mean, these are these are illegal things. I think they're forgivable if you open your mouth and you go to the authorities, the appropriate authorities. But if they're too good to talk to to Mike Lindell about why his credit's being interrupted and his business is being dropped a hundred million into the to to the stone earth, then I think there's some hinky business to say the least. Um, that is trade malfeasance somewhere in there it stinks 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 so um if this is a sanction there's there's something to be had i'm gonna flip back to the pmc thing again so when you get at that high dollar amount this is professional we're we're moving a lot of money you know i have you know a hundred million dollar account and i'll punish you i will i will be an anarchist today and you know malign you and and cut off your feed, you know, like using a, a plastic knife. I'll just, uh, 
you know, and so they, they passively, aggressively take it out on you. Um, or they're probably given an ultimatum, more likely, by somewhere in somewhere in the HR chain. Like, listen, we don't think this is a good client because we've decided with our all-seeing corporate morality that this isn't going to be good for our business. It will piss off our exchange partners. Okay. So what do you want me to do, boss? Well, just drop him. I don't think that's that's okay. Well, I mean, if you don't like it, just don't say anything. I'm not. So this is crap. <laughs> this is all crap. This is garbage. And you got to stand up for yourself. You got to say no to this. You got to go to the attorney's generals and you got to start yelling out now. You got to claim whistleblower status or whatever you got to do. Get Get a coalition together. You know, go to the break room, have a short talk about it. But everybody knows this is not okay. Especially in an inflationary environment. It's not okay. So, um, that that's the end of my preach. I, I think I've said enough for now. Um, I wish you well. This has been the Unsanctioned Citizen. Uh, my personal, um, PSA. Public service announcement. We'll see you on Saturday. And remember, everyone has power, especially you.